get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. that uh, as far as the beverage situation that has happened this year. The beverage situation. It is a beverage situation because, honestly, this year is the year that we are really seeing so much more wine at the State Fair and wine being used creatively, and that is very exciting. Because Absolutely. Why? Also, it just paves the way so that at some point I can get whiskey here. I'm just going to kid you about that. At some point, I'm going to get a whiskey tasting going. We are, uh, we're pretty blessed with the fact that we have so many good things and so many good producers, and that... I'm just going to tell you one of my favorite things is that wine is an agricultural product here that we can be proud of at the Minnesota State Fair. And no one believes that more, I think, than my friend who is standing right here, Leslie Miller. Let's hear it for Leslie Miller, you guys. Woo! I know. Sorry, I'm making you applaud on a Sunday. That's all right. Thank you for coming in, Leslie Miller. So exciting, you guys. Well, thank you for coming. I'm here with two of my favorite ladies at the State Fair. Yes. And look at these cute... We were talking about samples for the beers and flights for the beers. The wine people, they know flights. They got this all set up. They have these cute little Minnesota State samples. cutouts for samples. 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 We love to <laughs> so say the say word samples. 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 What's this situation? How right. long has Minnesota wine country been here at the fair with that fancy booth that you guys have now? So the fancy booth is about eight years old. Um, it's, you know, the wines have been here um, for over 10, but they didn't really have their own place until like eight years ago. So about eight growers purchased the building and then each year those growers then have in their wines and flip out the wines. That was at so the smart. Country building. Yeah. All right. Oops. I had all these paired here. Oh yeah. Sorry. No, okay. That's okay. Can we have a quick moment to talk about the wine culture and the wine industry in Minnesota and where we are today and how far we've come? Yes, absolutely. So this is, it's such an interesting industry because it actually started in the 70s. And it was uh, David Bailey of Alexis Bailey. I was going to say. Who literally had French grape varietals. Isn't that insane? It's crazy. Yeah. And literally... We have to do pictures, <laughs> social media, selfies, all, all the time. All day long. All day. Oh, my God. Um, so he had French grape varietals, and each winter, he was literally burying the vines to help save from Which the cold Which is crazy, climate. isn't it? Yeah, it's wild. I don't think people get that. So all summer long, and then you have the harvest, and then you're these wonderful vines that are, you know, threading over your hills and your fields. And then in the winter, you have to take them and bury them underground in order for them to survive. I mean, my God. Yeah, so then after that, you know, the U got on board. It was literally the 90s and the breeding program at the U that changed the entire face of what's going on with Minnesota grape varietals. So the very first grape that was formed here was in 1998, and that was Frontenac. Yeah. I and, remember that grape. Yeah. And that it's really still here. changed. You don't have to remember yeah. it. You can have yeah. it now. <laughs> you can. And then along came Marquette. With it was in 2004 or 8. 
And I think it was 2004. And that literally now all of a sudden people are like, wow, I have cold, hardy grapes. Things are like the mouthfeel, the wines are similar to something that I can find, you know, on the shelf that I would normally drink other grape varietals. And then the growers um, were really happy because these new plants were actually also disease resistant. And that was also very new to the industry. So no more burying the plants. Yeah. It was kind of like that page that kind of took off of the Minnesota wine industry, which is really, really cool. Significant. Very. Yeah. And now we're looking at over 77 wineries in the state. Um, Each year we're doing all this work. I mean, they do this. I call it thankless work, but they're doing this beautiful work at the horticultural area. I mean, it's the same breeding ground, you know, that made all the apples. Yep. And and so all that work that they're doing out there to make grapes. Literally, we had the new Itasca grape that was announced two years ago. There's a lot of talk about climate change, and usually it's associated with things that make people scared. But if in Minnesota we get a little bit warmer... Right. That's actually really good for wine grapes, isn't it? It is, yeah. In fact, I was just in England this summer because I've been teaching English wine for like five, six years. And I was like, I got to go over there and investigate because similar, you know, it's so cold that they couldn't grow anything. And now, you know, they're saying that some of these areas are warming by one to two degrees, one to two degrees a year. It's a um, year. I thought it was every 10 years. That's yeah, okay. a year in yeah. some of these areas. And so as things are, like, getting warmer in some of those areas, you know, granted, they're also going to have some dips where it gets very, very cold, right, too. Right, right. But I, I'm excited. I don't – we're never – I don't think we're going to be an area where we can grow the grape, you know, vine, Vetus vinifera that makes, like, Cabernet Merlot, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. Yeah. Um, but I'm just – I'm so proud of what the U has done. Literally, kind of, like, always brings – goosebumps to my arms because I I just like my heart pours out to the people out to the people that do it. We're trying to can we talk about the legislation and the situation that's going on? I mean, the fact that there's been a struggle and there's some, you know, there's a struggle between winemakers, certain winemakers that are wanting to bring in grapes from other places and then there's certain winemakers who are saying, "No, we want all or majority Minnesota grown grapes." Yeah. And that's sort of a controversy because and can you outline a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, you know, I'm an educator, so I'm pretty right. like hardcore on this subject. Um, probably a little bit more so than other people. <laughs> Leslie Warning. Miller is Hardcore. our guest. Yes. She's an educator uh, who does wine classes and represents Minnesota wines through her yeah. business, Amuse Wines. So the law right now is that it's, you know, 51% has to be Minnesota grapes in order to call it Minnesota wine. And there's a couple of growers that want to have that percentage lowered. Well, once you go under 50% and a lot of growers are bringing in grapes from California because they're saying, oh, the winters are too hard and, you know, we have to, you know, substitute some of the grapes now with California grapes. Um, once you go below 50%, it's, it's, let's be real. It's not Minnesota wine. I know. It's not. I mean, it's, um, it's good California wine-ish, but... Well, <laughs> I've, I've been talking about these grapes for so long, and I feel like I have this major relationship you have like, with these you grapes. You have, like, a mother thing about them, and you're sort of defending your mother bearing all over these Minnesota grapes. And I, can, I can dig that about you. And I've spent the last decade as the face of Minnesota wine, and I feel like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're going to bring in some work. California princess <laughs> yeah, right. to take my place? I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. 
Yeah, and I've managed wineries in Oregon, California, and beautiful world-class wines all over the country. But hey, we, we are, let's be Minnesota proud. And maybe you need to go back to burying some of your vines if it's too, too cold in some of your areas. You got to do that extra work. Well, I also think there's something about that our wine industry is so young. And it we're is. just so fresh. You're never going to learn the lessons that need to be learned about how to get right. better and be better unless you have those lessons to learn. You, yeah. The shortcut is not the answer for making Minnesota wine right. an agricultural product that we can be proud of. That's right. I also think it, it's very confusing to the consumer. So you're like, well, here's uh, Frontenac, but it's blended with 60% Merlot or Zinfandel. So what yeah. is Mark, you know, what is Frontenac supposed to taste like? What is Marquette supposed to taste like? Because I think, you know, when people go to, to wine tasting rooms, a lot of people will walk in and say, well, I drink Cabernet. So what do you have that's Cabernet? I always, when I train Minnesota wineries, I say, stop, drop, and roll. Do a little downward dog in the corner if you need to just, like, <laughs> chill out for a second. And come in and describe what you like. You know, do you like bold flavors. What flavors do you like? Do you like berry flavors? Do you like earthy flavors? Yeah. Do you like herbal flavors? And then hopefully that person across the tasting room counter will give you the right information, education to say like, oh wow, we have a grape that's light bodied and I think it would work for your palate. If you guys have never done a wine tasting before, it's really fascinating and shocking and interesting how when you taste, you yeah. know, you have four different wines that are maybe the same grape, and you taste from, like, a starter grape to maybe a more aged version. I don't think you can get that nuance just glass by glass, but if you have them all lined up and you taste, you really start to learn and experience the complexities of wine. Absolutely. And it's a just fantastic way to start the education about wine, because I was always a little intimidated. Right. And... You know, I would order a nice bottle of wine, but honestly, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Because some of the 12 to $15 bottles of wine Fantastic are getting really good. area right yeah. now for wine. Yeah. I mean, we are crushing it in so many different parts of the world um, for this 10 to $15 category. You know, I started a whole second company based on that. You like, did. You yeah. did. And you're you know, not, it's like, you're not bankrupt, I'm so trying good. to get people to understand you do not have to spend this much money on yeah. wine to have really killer wine now. Leslie's other company is Sip Better, and mm -hmm. if you want to, it's a wine subscription, and if you yeah. want to buy or experience more about wine, you can find that at sipbetter.com. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the education should be there, and I feel like that's it's the major part why that building is down the street. Yeah. You know, 1271 Underwood, Minnesota Wine Country Building. Um, there's every day at 3.30, there's educational seminars on the grapes, um, a little bit more history about the grapes. I'm actually doing all the wacky stuff, you know, pairing Minnesota grapes to, you know, fair food. Corn dogs. Corn dogs. And you have and a bunch chocolate. of pairings yeah. here for us today. So I do. We should get to the pairings. We should get to those. Okay, so um, one very popular item that's been really fun. So I want you guys to, like, just dip into your little flighty flight. How cute is this? They have these little cups. They're so fun. So the flights are $11. And you can mix and match your flight, or you can come down and get a full glass of something uh, for $8. What I love about our selections this year is that it's a really solid foundation of the different grape varietals that you can taste. So St. Pepin yes. as a grape is represented. La Crescent, Brianna, 
Mar, uh, Marshall Foch, uh, Marquette, and Frontenac. These are all separate individual grapes. So you can say, hmm, I didn't know that I liked, you know, La Crescent. Look yeah, at La me. La Crescent, right. Actually, Steph March and I did a little blind tasting once on the radio. <laughs> With a wine professional, and yes. we stumped him. Yes. We basically put one Minnesota grape among some other Austrian wines. Yes. I oh, I bet he loved that. Oh, he Ooh. got very angry <laughs> because he couldn't pick out the Minnesota grape, and it was he was. <laughs> It was, it was awesome. It was, he was awesome. kind of a jerk. And so yeah. he was a very snobby person and yeah. he couldn't find it. Yeah. And we were like, nope, you're wrong. And it, but that's the point is that right. to me that learning about Minnesota wine, you have to take a right. little something off of your ego. This you is do. right. You yeah. have to come correct and you have yeah. to come open. Otherwise you're not going to learn anything. I am open and we have two wine connoisseurs in Yay. the audience that are wearing Minnesota wine shirts. Ooh, yes. Those are cute. Those are really cute. Okay. okay. I, I do think that... Drink local. Cannon River Winery. Woo! Awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love it. All right. But I so do think, go. like, the big educate. It's a big, you know, stop, drop, and roll. Like, just take it down a notch. Come in with a very open mind. Yes. I'm open. You know, don't do this thing, you know, around... Everybody goes, ooh, Minnesota wine. Right. And you're like... They think it's like, going to be giant, just yeah, sugar bombs. Sugar. Right. So here's where we're going to okay. start. We're going to start with your white. Okay. And actually, this is primarily made up of Brianna. And Brianna was one of the original grapes. Elmer Swenson. It's named after, like, a daughter or something? It sounds like someone's name. I don't think so. I don't know, though. I don't actually know where the naming of the grape comes from. I'm kidding. Yeah, so the... But I like it. It's a little sweet It is. Front. It is a sweeter. But here's the thing, and this is what I've been talking a lot about with pairings. I want you to pair it to the wine-fried brie. Okay. okay. So is- think about... Um, and so this is actually a red wine. It's a little colder now. Sorry. That's okay. But the, but the, it's red wine, um, like soaked brie and then it's deep fried. And when it's hot, it comes out really nice and oozy. And molten. So if you think about like the basics to pairing, the, the notes of this wine. Okay. We're sipping our wine and we're eating our brie. Are kind of like, um, it, it's actually kind of grapey. Yeah. It's kind it's of like grapey. It is grapey. Right? Um, but it also has this like really cool pear note and apple note to it. Well, what goes good with cheese? Pears, slices of apples, mm-hmm. grapes. Those are the things that you'd have on like a cheese board. It's really good with the pairing and it yeah. tastes different. Right. It's it, better. Well, you're just saying that, right? You yeah. were just saying that with the beer that, you know, when you have, you know, libation and food together in your mouth at the same time, something could potentially change. And what I always say with my Cicerone that I teach with, Michael Agnew, um, we always say, if you put two together and there was a third element that erupted from the pairing, you've now, like, hit it out of the ballpark. It's a win. That's a it's win. a win-win, yes. Yeah. Um, so I really like that just because it's it, it's kind of reminiscent of, like, having a great cheese plate. That right? is, that works out really well. Yeah, it's That's cool, really right? nice. Yeah. So now here's another one. This one is also a little bit sweeter. This is the Sojin Blush. And this is actually from Cannon River. So, yay, Cannon River. Shout out, Cannon River. <laughs> um, and, again, like, maybe not your, what I call dancing with the stars wine. <laughs> like, you're hanging out on the couch and you're like, I'm going to take three glasses of this. I, this is some of these things, like, you really seriously, I think, need some food to go along yeah. with. Yeah. So, the notes here. Yeah. Like, sweeter again, but... Kind of cherry, raspberry, lots strawberry. Of lots of berry. So I paired it to go along with the candied bacon donut slider. And, you know, again, when you're pairing, it's so important that you put these elements together in your mouth at the exact same time. 
So what goes I'm trying with? Trying to put them in my mouth at yeah. the exact same time. That's <laughs> very complicated. So what goes with chocolate? Strawberries, raspberries, right? Bacon fat and strawberries actually goes really, really well together. If you think about like bacon, bacon and how you sometimes like get it mixed in with like your maple syrup or your jam from your breakfast, it's almost like the perfect breakfast bite together. Isn't it cool? Really good. Yeah, I just love that because, again, it's like... It also takes the berries and yeah. puts them... It, it sort of distributes them is like a, what, the way I like to think yeah. about it. Yeah. Instead of me going berry, it kind of goes berry. 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 <laughs> That's how I feel about berry. that. Berry. No, and I love that candy bake. It, that thing has been so popular. And, again, you know, these items really nice and hot as they come out. They're so great. They're a little pull-apart. The candied yeah. bacon, I mean, just... Just, That's a good share, too. I'll just lay down yeah. for that guy. That's pretty great. It's so good. Um, all right. So the other thing that we've kind of changed a little bit, this is the sangria on a stick. And the sangria on a stick is basically wine-soaked fruit. And then we're just lightly touching it on the grill this year. It's topped off with a little drizzle of chocolate, and it's topped off with, you know, Minnesota marshmallow. Yeah. Make you feel like you're at the fair. And I've paired that to go along with the peaches and gris. Slushy. Good, because I feel like I need a palate cleanser right now from yeah. my bacony more. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Minnesota Wine Country has the largest slushy selection at the State Fair. Slushy. Boozy slushy selection. That's that's what we have down there. Um, the peaches and greet is my favorite, although I've I've been in love. Jason Matheson and I always talk about what are my, our favorite yum. rosés. And oh, um, I got him hooked on the watermelon frosé that we still have down there. But this peaches and gris is so good. Really good. Yeah. That is lovely. Wow. That is yeah. like, that is a patio sipper for sure. So this is another Minnesota grape. This is Frontenac Gris. And Frontenac Gris was just a mutant grape of yeah. the original Frontenac grape. And wow. that paired, I think, with the fruit. is kind of like fruit on fruit. It you is. Know? That is actually... But, I'm going in for the sip number But also two. it feels yeah. like real fruit. You know yes. what I mean? Because instead of like flavoring, instead of right. places where you get cherry flavoring, you yeah. know, this is actually that real fruit that has both that acidic balance to it right. that kind of gives you actually food flavors. Right. I like that. And I, I love stuff. I've been like following your like, you know, eat it, skip it, you know, your call. I've been going through the fair through it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, lots of wine, like you said, lots of wine-based cocktails this year. And, you know, yeah. some of them I'm just like sweet on sweet on sweet. No. Yeah, I really want them yeah, to, I really want those to kind of come back and be, right. remember, we are eating food. And yeah. when you're eating food and putting wine with yes. it, then you kind of want some acidity there to balance and cut through. Yeah. I'm just eating food. So this <laughs> is also... Honestly, I think, hi. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I actually think this is like your biggest bang for your buck in our building. I, I mean, it's all great. But this, I got to tell you, this yeah, is a hearty you. amount of food, if you can see this. This is charcuterie. It's like a meal on a stick. <laughs> and now what we started doing here is we also started to kind of lightly grill this a little bit. And yeah. so it just kind of gives a little char to the meat. Give it a but look at the amount of protein that yeah. you're getting. I'm going to hold this. one of the sticks up. Just one of the sticks. <laughs> Charcuterie on a stick. Charcuterie. Cheeses and yeah. stuff. Okay. So, you know, ideally, and this kind of goes, wait, this is, if you go back to some Italian rules, the Italians are, they invented charcuterie, right? And um, yeah. they have salty, <laughs> salty meats, 
and something slightly sweet actually always goes together. So if you've ever experienced like Italian Lambrusco yes. and charcuterie, it will completely change your life. It's life altering. It is. So this is where my mindset was kind of going. So the last wine is Marshall Foch. And Marshall Foch is also an older grape here. It has Fantastic. some French background to it. Yum. But generally it's done very dry. And Winehaven, I mean, I love Winehaven. They're just, they're so great. That is a really delicious family. wine. They started with a thousand colonies of bees and just made mead wine for years. Yeah. And then when the boom hit with the 90s, you know, plantings and what have you. So Marshall Foch, they did their version a little sweet. Um, and actually, like, up front, it's a little shocking to me because I'm used to this being very dry as a grape. But then when you pair that with the salty meat That's what and I'm then going the at. olives. So good. Oh, so good. It kind of takes me back to that, like, rustic Italian, you know, like, Lambrusco and charcuterie. I love it. So cool. I am really going to just say what maybe people wouldn't say out loud, which is it's surprising to me that that's a Minnesota wine because it's really good. Awesome. And it tastes really aged. Yeah. It has a brightness to it. It's a little sweet. Yeah. But it's great. Like, it's a great red table wine. Yeah, and it has this, like, really, you can feel in the sides of your cheeks where your cheeks are kind of starting to salivate a little bit. Yeah. So that acidity from juice. the grape, yeah, it's just really nice. And it's almost like juice boxy kind of on the sides of your yes, cheeks. It is. Juicy. Yeah. But the berry, again, is just really fresh. And I really like the freshness of the flavors that we have at the Wine Country Building this year. I just think they're just really fun to come and try. I've told all my girlfriends, like, look, you get to—you don't even have to drive to go to these wineries. You have eight of them. Right. Right in one building. And there's 12 different wines. Four different slushies, lots of food. I mean, let's be real. You can hang out there for a long time. Can, there's and, and <laughs> literally, there's usually a crowd hanging out there. Yes. It kind of bleeds into the street. And it's fun because you have the wine guys over here, and then you have the craft beer guys over here. Yeah. And it's kind of a, like the coolest place to hang at the fair if you're, yeah. if you're a food human. Um, let's talk about the fact, though, that it is, we are coming up on harvest, right? I mean, so right. harvest is in the fall. Yeah. And there are lots of events and great things happening at wineries around. Oh my the gosh. State. Absolutely. So I think that's, if you are talking about maybe wanting past, like go and sip some of your yeah. wines and finding a good place, you know, maybe picking out your favorites, then go to their websites and really look at what they're doing. Cause yeah. Cannon River, the yeah. wine trail down there is amazing yes. and they so all great. have so many great, you know, events and they, they try to, you know, here agriculturally, we know that apple orchards are kind of become like amusement parks, yeah. you know? Right. But the wineries are also inviting people in for, you know, they have live music or they'll do bonfires and hog roasts and all for sorts sure. of stuff because they really want you to come to the farm. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Look at Waconia. Yeah. I mean, Waconia has three wineries. So many amazing things. Town. Just in Waconia, you guys could like go staycation for a weekend. So Parley Lake yeah. has an orchard and a winery yeah. and they've just redone like their winery stuff there. Okay. It's so cute. You can go and grape stomp there. Um, and then you can go down the street to Shram. You know, and Shram has beer now and then the distilleries. I mean, what a great place just Waconia to go. Waconia is liquid lake town. It is. That's what we call it. <laughs> I wrote lake. about it a couple years ago. 
yeah. one. I called it Liquid Lake Town. Yes. It's only gotten more liquid and yes. more fun. It's so cool. But there's a lot of people who do these crawls between Sovereign Estate and right. Parley and Shram. Yeah. And then they go visit Jake Carver, which is the distillery right. in Waconia Brewing. And yes. it's, it's, but I mean, this is part of the deal that this is, this is something that's very Minnesota. It's very agricultural. It's very much it new is. old industry. Yeah. Leslie, thank you for being with us. Oh today. my gosh, thank you. Uh, Appreciate I think it so much. We will take some questions from the audience if we can get one of our KSTP Wranglers. There she is. <laughs> if anybody has any questions <laughs> about Minnesota wines, if you have any questions about fair foods or just years, anything, weekly dish food content in general, we'd be happy to take your questions. Could you please repeat the name of the winery that produces this Lambrusco that you like so much? Oh, Lambrusco is it is actually produced in the little state in Italy called Emilia Romana, but there's not a Minnesota winery that produces Lambrusco. There's a we have a wine up here that I was sort of likening that had a sort of similar stylish, but it's not bubbly. But this is the Wine Haven Marshall Foch, um, and we do have it down at the Wine Country Building. I was just saying I love, you know, Lambrusco. So if you if you get into the Italian section of your retail store, find a Lambrusco, pick up a, a Winehaven Marshall Foch, try them on side by side. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions for us today? All right. <laughs> and thank you. And, and I think we've done our work here. <laughs> All I right. I want to thank uh, KSTP for having us out here. Thank I want to remind you that every Saturday... From 9 to 11, you can listen to our radio show. It's called The Weekly Dish. You can also subscribe to our podcast, and you can get all of the show on podcast, but also every Wednesday, we release exclusive content that's podcast only that we call The Second Helping of Weekly Dish. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you guys for hanging out. Hope you have your best fair day ever. Yay.